0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. Today we're going to continue with our study of the Come Follow Me materials for this week. We are looking at March the 23rd to March the 29th. Enos uh, to Words of Mormon. He works in me to do his will. And today we're going to conclude with looking at the Words of Mormon uh, in the um, and looking at the section covering what is Words of Mormon. So we're going to kind of break this study into two halves. The first half, we're going to have a look at uh, the the actual... Book of the words of Mormon, why this is placed here? What is it being placed here? Tell us about the record that uh, Joseph Smith translated and its authenticity. And then we'll, in the second part, look at the um, content of the reign of King Benjamin and what we can learn from his reign and uh, amongst the people of Nephi. So let's get straight into it because once again, there's a lot to cover. In Words of Mormon, chapter one, verse two, there's actually an interesting little introduction which I point, which I realised. Um, he says, and it is many hundred years after the coming of Christ that I deliver these records into the hands of my son. And it supposeth me that he will witness the entire destruction of my people. But my, but, but may God grant that he may survive them, that he may write somewhat concerning them and somewhat concerning Christ, that perhaps someday it may profit them. I say this is interesting because um, it seems that these are definitely the last words of Mormon. Uh, and it is also clear that he says three prayers throughout the, uh, the chapter. In verse 2, he prays uh, for his son. In verse 8, he prays for his brethren, the Nephites. And in verse 11 of Words of Mormon, he prays that the records might be preserved. Does that sound familiar uh, to a mighty prayer that we heard recently? Uh, in my view, it's clear that uh, Mormon has perhaps kind of gleaned this prayer uh, from kind of the example of Enos. Obviously, he's not praying for himself in verse two, but he knows that he is going. his life is going to end soon. So he prays for his son, who will continue that life. He prays for his brethren, the Nephites, even though they are almost about to be destroyed in, in, in his time in verse eight. And in verse 11, he prays for the record. And we know that one of the main purposes of the Book of Mormon from the title page is to bring the, the Lamanites to a knowledge of the Savior. And so for me, that is a clear um, source or a clear model or reference for Mormon as he says his prayer to look at the words of Enos that he is obviously just included into this record a few a few books ago. In uh, Words of Mormon chapter 1 verse 3, um, we read this, and he also taught them concerning the records which were engraven on the plates of brass says, and now I speak somewhat concerning that which I have written, for after I have made an abridgment from the plates of Nephi down to the reign of this King Benjamin, of whom Amalekiah spake, I searched among the records which have been delivered into my hands, and I found these plates, which contain this small record of the prophets from Jacob down to the reign of this King Benjamin, and also many of the words of Nephi. Now, what is interesting here is that the words of Mormon serve as a summary or a conclusion, well, I say conclusion, a summary of the book, the, the, Books that we've just read from First Nephi down through to Omni, uh, and what is interesting about this is that this introduction or this summary of what has just been written is at the end. There is no mention of a summary or introduction at the start of the book; um, it's at the end. This serves a similar function to the title page. We know that the title page of the entire Book of Mormon summarizes the entire contents of this record, but that is found—that fa- was found on the last leaf of the book. We have it. At the front because in our custom uh, it is much more sensible to have an introduction an overview at the start of the record but at in that time in in the ancient um, lands uh, it was more common for this to be for this explanation to be at the end of the record as was the title page on the last leaf of the record as is the words of mormon at the end of these small plates um, and this is usually called a subscriptio. Uh, and you can just Google and research more into that. But actually, this actually shares, uh, shows more evidence that this is a, a real record, um, an authentic record, which follows the same customs and writing styles as records of that time. Uh, in Words of Mormon, uh, one 5, there is further evidence. um. It says, Wherefore I choose these things to finish my record upon them, which remainder of my record I shall take from the plates of Nephi, and I cannot write the hundredth part of the things of my people. Now, firstly, it's interesting that it says that he's only written, he's only abridged a hundredth part of what his people said. If you take the Book of Mormon as it is now, and multiply it by 100, what would be on it would be enough to cover 15 feet of plates, uh, which is astounding. So you can just imagine him in Mormon's cave or wherever, wherever he's keeping these records, just the amount of records that he's having to dig into, look around in, read, study, and then decide through the spirit what to include. I mean, this was a, a huge undertaking, but obviously he was inspired by the Lord to do so. Um, however, what is also interesting is how is what rec- evidence we have uh, for the records today. Um, There's um, a lot of research which suggests that the the words after the words of Mormon were translated before the, uh, the words from 1st Nephi to words of Mormon. Firstly, that every other book in the Book of Mormon is named after the first person that was writing it. So for example, Jarem, Omni, Enos, Nephi, Nephi, Jacob. And then we look at uh, Alma and Helaman third Nephi and fourth Nephi and so on. All of these records are named after the first person that writes them. But Mosiah, interestingly, the first kind of main prophet, because obviously it's an, it's an abridgment in the third person by Mormon, we know, but the first prophet in this state, in this stage, the first ruler was King Benjamin. So why is he not called the book of Benjamin? It starts in the middle of it, which suggests that there was a couple of, you know, there was some content lost. In the first, in the 116 pages from the the from the Book of Mosiah, possibly the, the the fleeing of the land from Mosiah, the original Mosiah, which is where this Mosiah Book of Mosiah may have come from, and then the rule of King Benjamin. So it indicates there are some things missing there. This doesn't indicate why um, this this would have been translated before the Small Plates of Nephi, but something that does suggest that is um, what happens in the translation process. If you look at the um, the because a lot of the things of the restoration before the restoring of the church on the earth in 1830 was kind of timed by what was being translated from the Book of Mormon. We know the well-known story, um, that, uh, in third Nephi 11, uh, it talked about baptism and about, you know, this priesthood. And this led to the Aaronic priesthood, um, restoration by John the Baptist in 18, in May 15th, 1829. But then in June there was, um, um, the translation about the three witnesses and other witnesses that may be called, and if you remember, we read those recently in Second Nephi twenty-seven, which suggests that Third Nephi eleven was translated before Second Nephi twenty-seven. Uh, and when you think about how the last plates were lost, uh, oh, sorry, the last one hundred sixteen pages were lost. This would make sense to then suggest that um, Joseph Smith was was in was told by the Lord to continue the the, the translation process through the record. Uh, and actually on, on the original uh, manuscript, it has written on it, Mosiah chapter three, um, where there is no Mosiah chapter one, Mosiah chapter two, suggesting that, that was part of the lost ma- manuscript. Uh, so he continues from that stage. And then we have the, the words of Nephi, um, which were then obviously sequentially put toward the start of the Book of Mormon. Anyway, there's a lot of research behind that, and you're more than welcome to go look at it. But I thought that was fascinating to consider how the Lord really has planned and and prepared the way. And this is evident in verse seven, in Words of Mormon, chapter uh, one, verse seven, where he talks about the wise purpose. Um, In April 2019, um, Elder Brooke P. Hale said this in a talk called Answers to Prayer. Quote, the father is aware of us, knows our needs and will help us perfectly. Sometimes that help is given in the very moment or at least soon after we ask for divine help. Sometimes our most earnest and worthy causes are not answered in the way we hope, but we find that God has greater blessings in store. And sometimes our righteous desires are not granted in this life. Close quote. So this was a direction by the Lord who knows so well what we need. Now, I did promise that we uh, are going to look at the example of King Benjamin, and we still will do. So in verse 12, um, it says, and now concerning this King Benjamin, he had somewhat of contentions among this people. So this could be seen as perhaps a summary of of King Benjamin's rule. Um, And so what we'll do is we'll dive into that and we'll have a look uh, at this uh, record it was clear that um, Mormon was impressed by the character of King Benjamin. Uh, Marilyn Arnold, Arnold, in her Book of Mormon Reference Companion said this, quote, Benjamin was a great spiritual and political leader. Tireless in serving his people, Benjamin quelled both internal and external contentions, punishing false Christs and false prophets, and leading his armies against attacking Lamanites. Unconcerned about personal power or riches, Benjamin was, remarkably, was a remarkably effective leader, a selfless man of solid integrity, and model king. Not only did he establish peace in his nation, but he also managed to maintain it largely by hard work and unflinching faith. Benjamin exemplified all that is best in human character. Close quote. To finish, we're going to have I'm going to read little sections of what uh, Mormon wrote about King Benjamin, and apply that to the model of a leader. And so, anyone who's a leader in the church or even a leader in their own home, as a as a as a dad, as a father or a mother or anything like that, would, would learn from these words. So, um, Mormon said that King Benjamin, he he took them and put them in with the other plates. So, uh, King Benjamin had diligence in keeping the spiritual records, which we should be, uh, in terms of recording things of a spiritual nature. King Benjamin had somewhat of contentions among his own people, which is interesting because, you know, you would suggest that he might be a bad ruler because of that, but it suggests that good rulers, even good rulers have contentions among their own people, but he counselled with his own people and helped them through it, as we see in later chapters of Mosiah. Uh, Also, he gathered together his armies, so he pulled the people together, he got them to work together. He also uh, did fight with the strength of his own arm, a clear indication that we should work amongst the people that we serve as a leader. Also, he did it in the strength of the Lord, so clearly he had a a reliance on the Lord and uh, obedience in his commandments. Also, uh, he came to, it came to pass the King Benjamin with the assistance of the holy prophets. So he recognized uh, the value and the importance of um, others in his work, as well as those who are called by God to teach and to, and to lead the people spiritually. Uh, King Benjamin was a holy man and did reign over his people in righteousness. I think there's an obvious um, kind of link that we can use there uh, that we need to be righteous and follow the Lord and try and stay close to him if we are to be effective in leadership. And then finally, uh, in verse 18, he did labor with all the might of his body and the faculty of his whole whole soul, which indicates the effort and the desire which we should put into our leadership. So a lot to study there with King Benjamin. Uh, I suggest from verses uh, 10 to 18 of Words of Mormon, you have a closer look at that because King Benjamin did have a wonderful uh, example uh, to to Mm. give us. Thank you for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. If there's anything you've learned, please share it. Um, you can email at ldsstudysession at gmail.com. You can join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. That would be fantastic to have more people there to share their thoughts on their studies. And of course, you can share and subscribe this uh, with this podcast. It would be great to have more listeners join us as well in the discussion. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.